Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Beck. And hi, I'm Penny. We both live in Australia and we love learning languages and we love chatting to each other about it. Welcome to another episode of Language Chats. And in today's episode, we're talking about grammar and specifically, (laughs) does grammar scare you? And um, this has been on our list to talk about probably since we started brainstorming ideas for podcasts way has. back when in yeah. the start of 2019. Um, it's, a, it's a topic close to my heart, Beck, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a phobia, a phobia about grammar. I know you um, do, Penny, and it's funny because I'm the exact opposite. I quite like grammar. <laughs> and this is why we have such great chats, Beck, because... <laughs> In some ways, we, we think about things in such a similar way. In other ways, we're just like polar opposites, don't you reckon? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Brainstorming and having a look at, you know, things that we can talk about grammar. I was like, oh, yes, yes, we can talk a lot about this. <laughs> so let's let's go back to, to the basics, 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 basics. What do you think scares you about grammar? I was thinking about this and I think it goes back to childhood, to be honest, and school. And mm. and and I think I found learning English grammar a whole, you know, confusing process and I really just didn't enjoy it. And I think that then translated into when I was being exposed to grammar in probably French was probably the first language mm. in high school. And I just really didn't want to have a bar of it. I was very much, a, I don't know, what would you call it? A, a fluid language learner. In, I wanted to learn language by intuition and just wanted to feel feel my way through the learning and, and, and kind of wanted to be able to hear something or read something and, and, and feel that was the way to say it or to write it rather than to have these rules and, and structures around around grammar. And I think... And that stayed with me all these years later. It's really interesting. I really like your idea of feeling the language, like going going through and just feeling your way through it. I, I love the idea of that, but I'm not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, we'll come back to that. I um, When you were talking about uh, sort of this going back to when you were learning English grammar at school, so did you did you actually have quite a... Um, I guess specific, like in in English class or in primary school, were there specific times where you were learning grammar where it was um, quite structured in that way? Because I think I had the opposite you know, experience. Well, I, I I think I'm the same as you actually. I think actually it wasn't that structured, mm. and I think proper in hindsight, it it meant that I've actually got quite a lot of gaps in my knowledge about grammar. Um, you know. Even as an adult learning a language and then teachers expecting me to know a lot of terms in English um, that I wasn't necessarily familiar with because I felt like I just didn't have that exposure as a kid. Um, I think there would be heaps of people, especially in Australia, but certainly in probably other English-speaking countries too, um, that feel very similarly to you um certainly like my my experience in general talking to people about this has been that a lot of people feel that way um that they 
don't they they didn't learn English grammar terribly well to begin with or as a child and that has made understanding grammar um, quite difficult in other languages later on Um, but especially the technical terms it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that in other in other parts of the world it's very very common um, and totally standard to use quite technical grammatical terms to learn and then describe all parts of phrases and parts of speech and then it's okay to be able to use that um, to learn other languages too. But it's like those, I think for us in Australia, um, it's like those terms only tend to come in when you're learning another language and not when, yep. not in English. Oh, definitely agree. And I think language teachers that I've had, are, I reckon, shocked by <laughs> this is vast generalisation, <laughs> but the lack of knowledge about grammar terms even basic things like Mm. you know pronouns and adjectives and you know this is primary school level stuff that I think a lot of adults still need that clarification about what is an adjective you know Mm. give me an example of that um so yeah it it does it does make language learning trickier though yeah so I think like oh sorry go on I was going to say, so you said you had a similar experience in terms of feeling a bit, you know, that your grammar knowledge in English was a bit, I guess, lacking, do you reckon, as a kid? Were you- I do, yeah. So I, I do feel that way, but I I know exactly when my grammar started getting better, <laughs> or at least my, my understanding and my comfortability with, with grammar started getting better. And it was once I started doing grammar for French. <laughs> for French, yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, the only reason that I feel comfortable with the technical terms used to describe grammar for, for language learning, whether it's, like, you know, tense names, so talking about, you know, the past and the future and the present, but also things like, you know, the past participle or pronouns, um, direct objects, um, indirect objects, things like that. The only reason I know what they are is from when I had to learn them in French. And I think that yeah. once I could, once I understood them for French, I, it suddenly made more sense to me how that all started to fit in in English. But then it meant that learning any other languages later, um, I actually probably compare them more to French than I do to English because it makes more sense for me to compare the grammar in that way. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Well... Yeah, I guess, I guess it is. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's I suppose almost- it's what you're what you're comfortable with when I can I can I can still see in my mind like looking at the board in year 9 or year 10 at school and learning about yeah, direct objects for example and direct object pronouns. And that is still the reference that I use now for understanding that in English and other languages. Other languages. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, that is that is interesting. Um but I think that when you don't have that, yeah, when you don't necessarily have that basis, so whether or not it is that you learn it through through English or through like through your first language or through a, a second language or a third one or whatever, um, if you don't have that initial basis, then yeah, it can seem really, really scary when people just start bringing out these these terms that you don't you don't know, you don't know what they refer to. They sound quite abstract, really. I mean, past participle, like what does that even mean? <laughs> Unless yeah. you know what it is yeah. in context. Um, and well, the subjunctive, like there is nothing about that word that you can you can necessarily understand without 
Like you can't even guess at what that means, I don't think, in English. You can't. You no, can't. you can't make a guess at all. Yeah. No. So I completely understand your your fear of of grammar in that way. Coming, talking about, I guess, learning learning French because, um, I mean, this is the language that, that you go back to for your kind of your grammar mm. in your head. The, the term conjugating, conjugations, that just, I think it sends shivers. <laughs> up and down and, and, um, <laughs> I think, and I think you're so like not this. the only one <laughs> you're not alone Penny you're not alone do you think I mean it must it must put other people off I guess I mean I'm yes it's I don't think I'm the only well, it's one not, it's not the prettiest word in English I have to say <laughs> conjugation <laughs> like it's just it's just not it's just not that nice is it um see it's funny that you say that though again because it's like for me verb conjugations kind of conjure in my mind this this kind of beautiful idea of order. Now, I know there are going to be a lot of people out there who are not going to agree with me on that um, and who will absolutely agree with you that conjugations just bring up all kinds of bad thoughts in their minds. But I've always kind of liked verb tables. Um, I, <laughs> again, I realise I may be the, one of the few people out there who, who feel this way about verb tables. We should, we should do a poll, shouldn't we? We should. I, th- I think we should. Um, I've always kind of liked the order of them. Um, and when, when you look in a grammar textbook, again, I, I'm really sitting here like putting it out there. I know there are going to be so many, uh, so many people out there who are going to think I'm crazy. But I, I have always liked the orderly way that when you conjugate a verb in, in a romance language, for example, so let's, again, let's just take French. This is my easiest reference. But you have that, that standard you know, I, you, he, she, we, you, plural, they. And you can work out the different, the different way that the verb presents for each of those, um, you know, first, second, third person. Um, and it just, to me, I see that and I'm like, ah, that makes sense. It's so clear. Like, I mean, right at the beginning, it probably wasn't for the first couple of times, but as soon as I understood that that was just the pattern and that that helped me understand, okay, I can talk about any different kind of person. I can talk about myself. I can talk about you. I can talk about that person over there. I can talk about us as a group. I can talk about all of you people or I can talk about them. And that under, having that understanding of a, of a verb and how to use it like, was quite, is quite satisfying for me. <laughs> You're, you're doing a really good at selling it. A good job, I reckon, of selling, of selling <laughs> conjugation. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, yes, yeah. this makes a lot of sense because it gives you such power and control and such a breadth of, I guess, way of conversing if you can get this nailed down. And maybe the trick is not to think of it as a, I don't know, as a horrible thing but to think of it as a this is helping me to be able to speak in many different ways and it's a great thing not a horrible rote learning thing that you have to do in when you're 13 yeah exactly (laughs) I mean like there's I I think I think you're right um because once once you do have that that knowledge it does give you quite a bit of a bit of freedom and that's not to say that for every verb you come across you would need to learn the full conjugation and be able to recite them off by heart I mean of course there's there's going to be a few that you're just going to have to learn like 
again, for, for French or for Italian, for German, for, yeah, Romance languages in particular, but I'm sure for just about, you know, most languages that have verb conjugations like that, you have to learn to have and you have to learn to be because they're going to come up lots of all the time and you're going to need them and, you know, you probably will just have to learn them by rote to begin with. And there's probably some irregular ones in there as well that would be useful. But I think, yeah, once you have that that initial knowledge, you can you can go from there and just understanding that, that pattern, um, yeah, opens up a lot of opportunities for your ability to communicate. This is just an aside and, and not entirely related to what we're talking about, but <laughs> I just heard you say the word irregular and it made me think of your business name, Beck, Irregular Endings. <laughs> yes. Does this, does the name of your business come from your love of grammar by chance? <laughs> um, look, kind of. I mean, the reason, so the reason Irregular Endings is called Irregular Endings is because it's, a, it's I guess, a little bit of an ode to the, the beauty of things being not quite regular, which I, I also like too. I mean, as much as I, I find order very satisfying, I think it's kind of cool that languages have irregularities that everything doesn't follow an exact pattern all of the time. There are patterns and that's helpful when you're learning. Um, but also there are, there's a lot of beauty in the variations that appear in, um, I think, in irregular, irregular mm. verbs and regular sort of conjugations and, um, yes. Even, I guess, spellings and, and pronunciations yeah, and exactly, things like that. Yeah. Exactly, that it's not always predictable. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just a oh. you know, bit of a bit of an image for you there. <laughs> so, do you think? I mean, going back to when you were, I guess, discovering that you were enjoying enjoying learning grammar in French. Mm. Do you think you kind of applied that enjoyment into your English studies as well, or do you think you kind of kept them in separate like silos? It was. I think I. No, I think I definitely did apply it to my English somewhat. I wouldn't say, like, I, I don't find the same amount of satisfaction in looking at, like, grammar and English. Um, we don't we don't have this. I feel like in English you don't have the same kind of, uh, we don't have the same kind of conjugations as you would have in, say, French. Um, there are just the way English is structured is kind of different. We, you know... Um, so I think that for me, the enjoyment more came out of actually understanding if I, if I was writing an essay in English, you know, at about the, time, about the same time in high school when I was really understanding and enjoying French. If I was writing an essay in English and I had a sentence where, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I felt like I understood better how I was placing words in my sentence and how I was structuring it because I could understand why I was putting for example, if, if you're writing a sentence where you say, I think that this is going to happen, that having the that in there and understanding what the function of that is, because otherwise we, we would often say in English, you might just say, I think this is going to happen and we omit the, the that, right? Mm. But, you know, if I'm writing an essay and it's something that's a bit more structured, I'll go, well, I'm not going to omit the that because I know that that's important for actually being able to separate out that part of the sentence and understanding why it's there. So in, I think in that sense, it definitely made me enjoy writing English a little bit more because I felt like I had more control over, over the language because I understood better how it worked. Yep. Okay. Mm. That's, yeah, that's a really good, in- but, good point. But again, that's, 
I, I don't feel like very many other people necessarily feel that way. I think that might that might just be me. Um, I mean, if, if you're out there and you love grammar like I do, then um, then put your hand up and, and say hello because I, I, yeah, I so don't Beck think I'm totally alone. <laughs> I don't think I'm totally alone. But um, I think there are a lot of people out there who certainly don't feel this way about grammar. And I really, I really understand your feelings. But I, the other thing is that I really, I really feel like not not liking grammar or being a bit scared of grammar is actually very similar to how lots of other people would also be scared of, say, a different writing system. So being scared of maybe a character-based language or being scared Mm. of tones um, or being scared of cases, for example. So like, I feel like you're, you're not scared at all of character-based languages or of tones. Well, that could be true, couldn't it? I guess it's, every language has its, has its thing (laughs) and, um, and maybe we are naturally drawn to languages that seem to complement our strengths, Mm. you know, maybe unconsciously, I don't know. Um, But I like the idea of challenging myself to step outside of that as well. Yeah. Um, And to go, you know, it's all in your head, Penny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You don't have a fear of grammar. You just need to learn it in your own way and apply it in the way that makes sense to you and not feel like it's a, you know, a chore. I suppose, mm. but did you and think of it as a mm, a way to expand how you can communicate? Yeah. Did you ever find so before you learnt Vietnamese, for example, were you scared of tones, or before you learnt Mandarin Chinese, were you scared of characters? Do you know before I learnt Vietnamese, I don't think I knew what a tonal language was. Um, <laughs> just ignorance is so, bliss. Just go into it and not totally, understand. Totally. <laughs> not know that there's exactly. anything to be worried about. I think I'd had, yeah, I had the exposure of Japanese as a kid. Mm. So I think that helped as well from from a different script point of view. Um, yeah, but ignorance is bliss, isn't it? Because you're like, oh. Yeah, you oh, didn't you even realise. Oh. I thought this was going to be easy. <laughs> so um, what about for a gramophobe like me, mm. what suggestions would you have or how would you if you were me, how would you go about turning my phobia into a love? Mm. Well, I think the main thing is, the first thing that comes to mind, and this may not be like turning grammar into a love, but look, it might help. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, I think just try not to focus on it too much. I think if you, if your fear or distaste for grammar, um, is stopping you from communicating, then just move on from it a little bit and come back in a different way. Um, grammar is important. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I think you, you need to learn at least a little bit to be able to learn a new language. Um, otherwise, you just don't have the building blocks to give you the flexibility that you should have um, to say different things in, in a new language. But if... If, if it's just stopping you from making any progress because you're so frustrated or so confused by a particular aspect of grammar, then move on and do some other things to help you learn and progress and come back to it later with a different approach, maybe with some different resources, perhaps with some things that provide grammar in context. So maybe, you know, more sentence-based 
um, you know, comprehensible input type um, type exercises. So maybe, you know, using graded readers or something that, that help you to see or videos or watching watching lots of, you know, I don't know, a TV show or something that helps you to see to see grammar used in regular sentences in ways that you might want to be able to use them and then yeah. come back later to understand maybe why why those um, verbs are conjugated the way that they are or why that particular pronoun is used. or That's good advice because that kind of lends itself to that more, I guess, trying to be more intuitive with how... yeah. I learn and how I speak and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it, like you said, sort of like, um, what was the word you used earlier? <laughs> like mm, getting, like sure. kind of going with like, the flow with the language oh, rather yes. than yep. Um, yep. rather than just like seeing grammar as this building block that you have to like learn all on its own. Like you could do that, but actually if you just try to see it in, yeah, in ways that are relevant and practical and then go oh actually like why was it used that way I know that it's used in this particular way I know that that conjugation is the right one um but you know can I find an explanation to why that is then it will I think things start to make more sense when you've seen them in context as well I think another thing too that I might apply to other people as well is um I'm not a perfectionist, but at the same time, I don't want to make a huge fool of myself. Mm. So I think there's an element of, you know, people are still going to understand exactly the point, even if the tense or, or, or something is not quite correct. Definitely. And I, I mean, I know that from, you know, having a go at other languages that Asian languages um, are a bit more forgiving, but still, I mean, you still got to yeah <laughs> know some of the structures and things um but you can still get your point across without being having that perfect grasp of a particular verb or something like that yeah, so that's 100 percent. that's probably a good thing to keep in mind and just to feel a bit more loose loose about it all <laughs> yeah no I think you're absolutely Maybe that right suits, suits my personality not yeah. to you know yeah no I, I really agree I think yeah people will always People will always be understanding, or at least, you know, maybe 90% of the time, <laughs> 90, 95% of the time, people are super duper understanding about if you're, if they know you're learning a language and you're just doing your best, you're doing your best. I mean, you can, you can make probably as many mistakes as you like. And as long as you, you know, you're sort of close-ish, people will still understand. Um, and it's better just to, to get started than to not say anything at all because you're worried about incorrectly conjugating a verb. <laughs> yep no that's yep very very true mm. um is there such a thing i mean using french maybe it's a reference language again but is there a way of saying okay because in a character-based language such as as chinese a way of maybe determining your level or how far you, you've come you might say okay i can recognize and read 500 characters or maybe i can recognize 3,000 characters is there a comparative way of talking about your knowledge in that way in a language like French that has to do with with the number of verbs you know or that you can you know that you can conjugate in different ways or am I completely barking up the wrong tree? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. I, I don't think so. Um, 
Yeah. And I would probably discourage you from thinking that way. Um, yeah. Only because, like, that's more, I guess that's more about general comprehension. Like, I think it's not so much about, like, understanding conjugations or agreements of adjectives or, or whatever. It's more just about your general vocabulary. I think if you... Yep. Um, from from lots and lots of conjugated verbs. So if I'm talking about like, you know, if I say in English, he goes, goes is not the infinitive, to go is. But I can work out from goes that the infinitive is to go, mm. right? In the same way, there are lots of regular verbs, especially in other languages um, where you can identify from a conjugation probably what the infinitive is. And it's more like the infinitive, I think, that is the part of your vocabulary that's kind of important. Like if you, if you okay. understand um, that finir in French is to finish, um, then if you see it conjugated somewhere, you're probably going to know that it means, like if I say il finit, I can probably work out that that means he finishes. Yeah, so because you can recognize the stem of the verb kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. That- I can recognize the stem of okay. the verb. So actually knowing every part of the con- of every conjugation of every verb is not that important. Um it's that's more not about the goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not the goal. It's like actually knowing the verb as a piece of vocabulary is useful. <laughs> but understanding the patterns is important to just general general comprehension I think so okay yeah I would probably consider it as more like a more overall understanding um kind of feeling yeah like and seeing a progression of your of your understanding of of text or of of spoken um language as opposed to being like oh I can understand this many words yeah yeah okay no that's or this many conjugations yeah I I, I don't know I think yeah no yeah it's one way of thinking about it from a grammar lover I love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah language lover and grammar lover (laughs) (laughs) maybe we need to start like a little subset (laughs) (laughs) I feel so nerdy (laughs) oh that's good But I'm glad you've shared well, your fear with us today, Penny. I don't think, I think yes, in absolutely every therapy, way you are not it? alone. It is, it is. Well, we'd love to hear from anyone who's listening out there that either might be in the Beck camp or in the Penny <laughs> camp. <laughs> or somewhere in the middle, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to us and joining us on Language Chats Um As many of you know, Language Chats is part of a larger project, which we started called Language Lovers AU, where we're building community of people who are interested in languages in Australia. Please check out our website and subscribe to our mailing list at languagelovers.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook, um, Language Lovers AU, where languagelovers.au on Instagram. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Language Chats, then please do leave us a review. It helps other language lovers to find us. See you next time. Thank you. See you next time.